Sabrina, is that you? Well, there you are. Where were you? We were getting worried. Not me. I haven't been worried since bottomless mimosas. <laughs> and cut. Well, that was wonderful, dear. You're gonna fit right in here. Oh, Sabrina, this is gonna be a laugh riot. Want to see me do a spit take? Sorry, who are you? Well, we're your aunties, of course. Yeah, uh, we gotta start Very the show. I just want to keep work. watching. Welcome to Corn Killers, the show about watching the stuff you love, when you want, where you want, however you want. I'm Tom Merritt. Hey, man, I'm Brian Brushwood, and that was uh, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina coming back to Netflix. Is that right, Bryce? That's right. That's the final part of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. That's December 31st. That was. Did you, you, did you recognize who those were? Uh, the two I, ladies I, were? I recognize them as famous people that I should recognize. They were the aunts on the Sabrina the Teenage Witch oh, series. Oh, that's adorable. With Melissa Joan Hart. So apparently they make a cameo in part four. That's December 31st on Netflix. Uh, had uh, that, that that one clip had a distinctly Wandavision esque vibe to it. Yeah, it did. yeah, yeah. yeah Notice that too. Yeah. Uh, hey, we, so, we've got uh, more Wandavision to talk about later. Yeah, <laughs> I just realized too early. Uh, hey, man, we're joined uh, as always by Hollywood's own Meryl Barr. Not as always, but as as very often. Meryl, how you been, man? I've been good, man. But normally I would do a big opening bit, but we got stuff to talk oh about. Oh my gosh! So I'm just gonna yeah. stop talking. This is a, this is a, yes. a jam packed Sam uh, Sam sandwich. Yep, yeah, that's a real. Three phrase. quarters of this show is about Disney Investors Day, starting with the primary <laughs> target. So Disney announced. 52 different things at their investor day last week uh we're going to touch on it all in one way or another since it almost all applies to streaming disney plus hulu espn plus in some way we'll start with the marvel stuff and let's go right to wandavision uh brian new trailer release date on disney plus january 15th uh, very very excited about this i understand why they would put out a new trailer and why they would reveal a little bit more man i'm so uh, this is a fear not 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 a judgment um i i fear that they they're tipping a little bit too much in the trailer but probably it'll be great uh uh I, i'm very excited about it that's all i want to say meryl I, I'm surprised you're, you feel like they're tipping too much because, like, they're literally saying Vision's in this, but that makes no sense because Vision's dead. Yeah, yeah. So I don't yeah, think like they're tipping anything. Ending, There's right? like, like, how the hell is Vision alive in this? Like, it's got to be maybe there. She's in a, she's been captured, and it's like an hallucination thing. We don't know. I, I'm, I'm very interested. And I'm not gonna say anything more than that right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier full trailer came out as well, and now it has a date of March 19th on Disney+. Plus. Uh, th this one I was less taken by than the WandaVision trailer, and I think it's just because um, I, I am certain that there will be chemistry between those two characters. I was just not feeling it in this preview, uh, and, and that's uh, uh, that's probably an unfair assessment based on 90 seconds of, of preview footage, but uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm hopeful. That's That's all I got on that one. Meryl? That's fascinating to me because I had I felt nothing but chemistry really? in the trailer. I felt like yeah, wow. this this hit me in this hit me in that Winter Soldier place. Like this is like and the, you know the because the plane scene is reminiscent of that of the of the opening of Winter Soldier when Cap jumps out of the plane and's like, mm -hmm. does he did he have a parachute? Nope. <laughs> like that's what this reminded me of. I'm like I'm all in. I'm all in on this. Tom, did you right, did you have a hot take? 
no, I would met, melt the winter soldier if I if I had a hot take. Uh, I guess my hot take is, oh, look, he looks like he did in the first Captain America movie again a little bit. That's cool. Uh, Loki trailer uh, came out as well, coming May 7th, 2021 to Disney+. Plus. Dude, white, hot, liquid fire, best thing of the bunch, only thing I care about, Loki is the best. That's it. Man, you and I are not on the same page. Wow. This, this wow. was my least favorite of the bunch. Are you kidding this, me? This gave me nothing. I, I don't know, man. This I don't know if I'm interested in alternate universe Loki. Oh, my doing, gosh. No, no, no. It, but but it's, it's, it's very clearly like a billion alternate universes. It's Sliders. It's Loki starring in Sliders. It looks amazing. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, there we go. We've we've got the first three Marvel shows that we were really supposed to get this year, uh, now coming next year, and announcements of three new Disney Plus series, mm-hmm. Ironheart with Dominique Thorne as engineering protege Riri Williams, Armor Wars starring Don Cheadle as Rhodey uh, in the nightmare scenario of Tony Stark, Secret Invasion starring Samuel Jackson as Nick Fury with Ben Mendelsohn as Talos, and uh, another one uh, that that uh, is in the offing is a Moon Knight series directed by Mohammed Diab. Yeah, I, uh, I I feel like I owe all of these uh, more looks. The the Armor Wars is specifically, uh, I, I'm assuming the the arc where um, uh, Tony Stark's uh, intellectual property is essentially pirated. And uh, mm-hmm. in in the original uh, comic, it's it's Tony Stark going around basically enforcing his copyright by punching people, and he has to he has to steal he has to deactivate armor of both good guys and bad guys because it's his IP. So. Uh, I, I would imagine that if it is that arc, that it's just that with Rhodey, which uh, would be freaking dope. Yeah, I Armor Armor Wars was like the one I want to see most because I actually really love Don Cheadle's Rhodey. Uh, but Secret Invasion, I always figured they'd do Secret Invasion, but I thought it would be a movie. So the fact we're getting a, I assume, eight-episode, that's going to probably be eight, eight-episode Secret Invasion show I mean, and also because the whole thing with Secret Invasion is, you know, everyone's a scroll and you don't know who's a scroll. I really hope we're going to get cameos from a lot of the movie people in this and you find out they're scrolls. Like, I really am super excited for yeah, what they the, do with uh, Secret Invasion. When they first did the teaser revealing Thanos as kind of the big bad that they were building up to in the MCU, Thanos looks enough like a scroll that I thought they were setting up a Secret Invasion thing and that it was super scroll. Uh, uh, I, I was unfamiliar with um, the Infinity Gauntlet stuff at the time. So I am excited that we got here even if we took the longer road around. And uh, I especially loved it as kind of an analog to the Red Menace, the idea that anybody could be a communist uh, at, at, at any time, you, your neighbor, your pastor, whoever. Like six years ago, Justin Robert Young and I did a show called FSL Tonight that would take too long to explain, but it was like fantasy sports heavy on the fantasy. So there was a team of Marvel superheroes and we made a joke. Justin made a joke about Moon Knight that implied how crazy it would be if Marvel ever put Moon Knight in its cinematic universe. <laughs> well, here we are. Uh, well, you guys Panther- about the casting room for, for Moon Knight, right? Uh, no, I, I don't know anything about it. It's uh, uh the the current talk is it's gonna be the dude rumor, from Star Wars rumor, okay, everyone yeah. loves yeah yeah the the uh, uh, Dameron uh, everybody yeah everybody wants Poe Dameron yeah, yeah. Oscar Isaac right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so supposedly he, well, supposedly he's cast like but they didn't announce it today cool yeah it has not been officially announced if that is true uh, Black Panther two will not recast King Chala uh, they are still going to make a movie though uh, for July eighth twenty twenty two it just will not have Chadwick Boseman in it nor will it have anyone else playing him and they will not 
graphically recreate him. Huh. That's a lot of question marks. Um, I've, I've, I'll be very curious to see how that goes. My assumption was that if 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 Chadwick's if this was like a roadie situation where it's just the actor fell out of the MCU, they'd recast him. But it it's you know there's no way to do it clean, and I don't, also don't think there's any actor who necessarily wants this these shoes. Like, and I don't think they're going to do who, a Princess Leia thing where they use existing footage. They're just going to say King Chala died. That's my guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Black Widow will not go right to streaming. Uh, everybody wanted it to, but Disney said no. It's sticking with its theatrical release on May seventh, twenty twenty one. Um, man, part of me says bold take, but also, man, May seventh, given given the fact that here at the end of the year we're already seeing vaccines being released maybe not the craziest thing on the planet uh it's it's really just a matter of uh, uh they're, they're, they're placing a bet we'll see yeah yeah it's yeah, a bold this bet. is this ties into what I, I said this on happy hour i'll say it here this feels like the hubris move of someone who's in the first position who believes they're always going to be in the first position and i don't know if it's the right call i it, i i would counter that by suggesting it's also the move of somebody who missed out on the chance to make that bold first move of banking everything to day and date releases so then instead uh, the only remaining bold move is to boldly say we're going to stick with theaters i i don't know it's just the i think the COVID recovery is going to be much longer than people understand and i think that i don't think theaters are going to be packed for black widow on may 7th that's well that's it's, where i feel on it yeah because the recovery isn't just about vaccines working or even being distributed it's about people feeling comfortable people feeling right. safe uh so yeah i i think you're right it's a it's a bold bold gamble uh, they're, they're, they're trying to shoot an arrow at a moving target that is six months away. And also uh, and they definitely watched other people just brick and miss that target very yep, badly. Yep. <laughs> I, I wonder if they still move it, but move it short. I bet that I, I wouldn't be surprised if they have a, a window in which they're like, let's go for May 7th. But if it's getting close and it looks like that's a bad move, but June or July might still work, we can, we can just shove it because nobody else will be putting it's out their be movies. The new yeah. The, but, but but they also have an opportunity like uh the stakes have never been lower to have the biggest release of the year the ability they, to say warner just moved off the schedule for exactly. all intents and purposes right, right? and unlike tenant will now be in a world with a vaccine well, and so even I think if that you, makes a lot of even if let's say the theoretical you hasn't taken the vaccine or or hasn't gotten sick or you're young and healthy you now every single day you have an increasing expectation that more mm -hmm. other people have taken the vaccine and it's less and less likely that you'll get sick when you go out so it, i mean who knows how fast everyone feels comfortable but let's uh book book merrill for for the may 7th show so we can, <laughs> we can all revisit this because it's going to be interesting to see what happens uh benedict cumberbatch will appear in the next sony spider-man sequel as dr strange uh and uh that movie and wandavision so they haven't titled the next spider-man but whatever the next spider-man's called and wandavision are going to tie directly into dr strange and the multiverse of madness yeah, it occurs to me that uh, that even if Multiverse of Madness isn't as good as the first one or as good as you hope or whatever, man, does it serve a very important job in terms of, I don't want to say breaking the MCU, but sort of 
making a framework where everything gets to be infinitely rebooted in all directions and it you know makes it easier to 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 jump into what if and the other stuff we're going to talk about um in terms of after having created that singular uh, 21 22 movie behemoth of the mcu uh, uh i'm so excited that they're leaning into the, the the branching off into infinite branches yeah and i feel, feel like there's a clue to wandavision in this as well yes Production is complete on Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Uh, Simu Liu as Shang-Chi, of course. Tony Lung will be Wenwu. Aquafina as Katie. Munger Zhang as Jialing. And Michelle Yeoh as Zhang Cha coming July 9th, 2021. So another one that's set so to come this out. this is going to be... This is the one that's going to be the real test. Like Black Widow is going to do well whenever because everyone's been climbing for a Black Widow movie forever. This is their first new character in what six years like this is this is it's about that it's about six years since they've launched it's the last like original since the last origin story movie so uh this is this is going to be the tougher sell i think and that this in eternals like i think is going to be the the real challenge of the year for them yeah Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is officially in development now. Peyton Reed will return to direct. It will introduce Jonathan Majors as Kang the Conqueror, and Catherine Newton will play uh, Cassie Lang version of Cassie Lang. We're on our third Cassie Lang. Yeah, three for three. <laughs> <laughs> she just keeps um, growing up into different actresses. I will say, it is nice that we're finally seeing directors finish their trilogies in the MCU. Like, you know, we had... Oh, with the, with, uh, with the same had, voice that begins them? Mm -hmm. Right, because it's like James Gunn was like the first one to do it, but it's like John Favreau only did the first two Spider-Mans, and then Shane Black did it, and three different directors have done Thor, and so it's like, it's nice for finally getting some consistency amongst these franchises. Yeah. And a uh, new Fantastic Four movie is in development. Uh, John Watts, Spider-Man Homecoming and Far From Home, will be uh, the in charge of developing Fantastic Four. We don't oh. know anything else. I, 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 all I have is my wishes, and my wishes include uh, a, a period piece set in the 1960s at the height of the Cold War. Oh, That's right, all I right, want. Right, right. That's all I want. And this is the fourth <laughs> attempt at a Fantastic Four franchise, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, so well, it'll be fantastic. Are, does that even count the one from the that never got released in the 90s? Well, for the purposes of me making this joke, yes. Yes, okay, good. Okay, good. Oh, okay. oh, shoot. I didn't even realize. Yeah, okay, oh. then we are doing four. There's yeah, a pun right under my nose. Okay. Fourth. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's deserved. That is definitely deserved. Uh, we got a new trailer for What If, no release date. Uh, we got the news that Haley Steinfeld will play Hawkeye's daughter in the Hawkeye series coming to Disney Plus late fall 2021. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is going to make a holiday special directed by James Gunn, filmed alongside Guardians 3. That'll come in 2022. An I Am Groot series of short films will come to Disney Plus. And uh, some casting stuff. Tatiana Maslany confirmed as She-Hulk. Mark Ruffalo confirmed to appear as Bruce Banner in a She-Hulk series. Tim Roth, who was in the Edward Norton Hulk, will return as the Abomination in this series. Uh, we also found out Iman Villani will play Ms. Marvel in the Disney Plus series. Christian Bale is going to play a villain called Gore the God Butcher in Thor Love and Fun Thunder. And we got a date for Thor Love and Thunder of February 11th, 2022. Well, it's too bad that yeah. Disney has just been sitting on their butts all of 2020. Really wish maybe it'll turn into something for them. Who knows? This is 
I just oh, there's so much good here. I think the two that are most keen for me are that Abomination is coming back because I loved the Abomination villain in The Incredible Hulk. I thought that was I loved Tim Roth in it and the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. Like if they, I I really want there to be nods to the Star Wars holiday special in that thing. I and really Gunn really said he was a fan, an unironic fan of it as a kid. So I imagine you'll get that. I I. I don't understand. Did we take a pill that caused us to be opposites today? Because all I could, all I cared about was was She Hulk. That's all I could think about is <laughs> one of my favorite comics. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm acknowledging the She Hulk, and because I already, we already had our discussion about it. I'm super excited for Tatiana Maslany as She Hulk. We had that discussion. Yeah, but it's like the fact that Tim Roth is coming back. I've I've been waiting for Tim Roth to come back to the MCU for years, so I'm super excited for this. So that is it. That is all Disney announced for Marvel. Oh, oh, I was now, about to say, because that was a lot. Uh, man, I have a full belly. That was a big meal. Thank you. Uh, well, puke, Brian, because here comes all the Star Wars announcements. Uh, we have got some Mandalorian spinoffs that will be executive produced by Dave Filoni and John Favreau, set within the timeline of the Mandalorian with crossovers and a climactic story event. Essentially, we're getting a Mandalorian cinematic universe. I guess not cinematic, Mandalorian universe. Uh, Rangers of the New Republic is the title of one of those shows. We know nothing else about it. Ahsoka. Uh, will be a limited series starring Rosario Dawson, written by Dave Filoni. And uh, Mandalorian Season 3 will launch on Christmas Day 2021. At least that's what they expect right now. Along with one of these two spinoffs. We don't know which one. So there's a temptation to want to, or I felt within myself, a temptation to kind of roll my eyes at, at the potential oversaturation of the Star Wars market. But then very quickly I checked myself and reminded myself that the more of these branchings that we get, the more risks every director, every showrunner gets to take with every one of these stories and the more different they all get to become and uh, the, the increased odds that a very, very weird uh, version of Star Wars that will delight me in a way that I never expected becomes possible. It, you know, like we saw with the first season of The Mandalorian, you know, uh, the very first episode hit me as just so gritty and so different from everything we had seen in the movies because The Mandalorian didn't have to be designed to please everyone. And so I'm very excited at all of the splinterings. What I think you're getting at is you're really excited that we're finally getting the EU star wars in oh, live yeah. action like that's you're basically finally seeing yes. what you got out of those books back in the 90s um and they, the they did go say, some uh, weird wacky places in those books it, it was awesome uh rangers of the new republic isn't that the one that's going to star uh gina carano is that who it is uh the they didn't gina say carano, that the, i thought oh, i thought i thought that was confirmed that it stars that soldier person from mandalorian because she's now like oh, a, she's I didn't now see a, that. I'm the, if I oh, okay. if they said that for sure, I missed it amongst this avalanche of stuff. Been, but I didn't either see I, that. maybe I made it up. Like who knows anymore? It would make sense. It would make sense for Rangers of the New Republic to have Gina Carano in it for sure. Yeah. Uh, then we got some more details on a show set in the High Republic. Uh, it's going to be called The Acolyte. Uh, and they confirmed it will be from Russian doll creator Leslie Headland, a mystery thriller that will take the audience into a galaxy of shadowy secrets and emerging dark side powers in the final days of the High Republic era. They also said something about it being set in a different timeline or pocket of the Star Wars universe, which... I can't tell if they mean like just a different time because it's the High Republic and it's in the past or if it's some kind of alternate timeline. Yeah. So uh, the High High Republic is is the prequel era, I guess. 
Because uh, Old Republic like is... Like hundreds of years before the prequel era. Yeah. Okay, so so Old Republic would be thousands of years, then High Republic, then yeah. Prequel Republic. Okay, got it. My assumption when they say Pocket Universe is they're basically saying don't expect it to tie into the Empire or the Emperor right. or you know the Skywalker saga. Like It has nothing to do with any of that. That's what I assume they mean by that. So no Darth Plagueis. Yes. At least anyway, that's my guess. Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi show will star Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader somehow. Uh, they said Kenobi is set 10 years after <laughs> Revenge of the Sith when uh, Anakin Skywalker is definitely Darth Vader. Uh, Christensen said, of course, Anakin and Obi-Wan weren't on the greatest of terms when we last saw them. It will be interesting to see what an amazing director like Deborah Chow has in store for us all. Man, that is some carefully crafted language. <laughs> you know what I've always wanted from the Star Wars universe is more scenes of Darth Vader without his helmet on. Uh, you know, look, man, uh, uh, Mandalorian <laughs> was great, and it was a wonderful surprise to me that it's great, and I really look forward to many more things surprising me by how great they are. Yeah, if if I had to guess how this could work, <laughs> I'm not saying this is what they will do, but if I had to guess how this would work, it could be sort of a uh, uh, um, one of two things. Uh, one is my own idea, which is Anakin just kind of appears in Obi-Wan's memory and is kind of, you know, talking to him about like, well, remember what happened to me, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, and it's just him thinking what his friend would say if he, if his friend was still here, but they, they said he was going to return as Darth Vader uh, and Garrett Weinzerl and Jenny Josephson on let's talk about star Wars suggested that maybe it will be the force timing thing that we saw in revenge, uh, or, 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 uh, the last Jedi where they, they, they'll talk to each other through the force somehow and when they do that, uh, it'll be Hayden Christensen talking to Obi Wan. Oh, that's interesting. But that still would, but that still would require us seeing the Hayden Christensen in Darth Vader. You know, it would require makeup. They could do a thing where Obi Wan sees Anakin still somehow. Yeah, yeah, something. because gotcha. because this is mind to mind, right? I mean, the the, yeah, yeah. the two of them, like, what's going on? It's like, hey, man, I'm still me inside. You know, whatever. I got a bunch of right. machinery on the outside. Uh, we also got details on Andor, a Disney Plus series starring Diego Luna as Cass Andor and Alan Tudyk as K2SO. Uh, they both were in Rogue One. That will be coming in 2022. Also mentioned that Geneve, Genevieve O'Reilly will star as Mon Mothma. And the, we'll also get performances from Stellan Skarsgård, Kyle Soler, Denise Goff, Adria Arjona, and Fiona Shaw. Uh, production began two weeks ago in London, so they they put out what they called a sizzle reel to my way of thinking was really a more of a behind the scenes video. Uh, and Tony Gilroy, who co-wrote Rogue One is the showrunner of this. It'll have 12 episodes set five years before the events of Rogue One. <sighs> okay. So another timeline. <laughs> All right. Mm -hmm. Well, th this is just a prequel to Rogue One. Right. Is that just what it is? It's just a prequel to a prequel to a prequel. Or, sorry. It's just a prequel <laughs> To a prequel, to but not, but that came after the prequels, the but prequels, after the prequels yeah. to the prequels. Right. Got it. Yeah, you got it. That, clear as, clear as rain. Bong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. A uh, bunch of other Star Wars announcements. Uh, Clone Wars spinoff called The Bad Batch coming in 2021, executive produced by Dave Filoni uh, about Clone Force 99. 
uh, who showed up in the last season of Clone Wars that was just on Disney Plus last year. Chronologically, it'll be set between the Clone Wars and Rebels. Uh, a droid story, an animated story with R2-D2 and C-3PO and a new hero that they'll work with on a secret mission. Lando, what they're calling an event series, so probably just a few episodes, created by Justin Simeon, who is the writer, producer, and director of Dear White People. That one's in development and no announcement of who might play Lando. Visions will be an anthology collection of short films set in the Star Wars universe from 10 different Japanese animation creators to debut starting in 2021. And Rogue Squadron will be a feature film coming in December 2023, directed by Patty Jenkins, director of Wonder Woman, taking place after Rise of Skywalker. Who boy. Um, okay. That, um, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. The, uh, what's most I mean, some of these, like, is... droid story, that's just, like, a kid show. Sure. Like, you know, that's, that, throw that one out there. Visions will be interesting. It's, it's almost like the, what was the, the robot death love? Oh, oh, oh death, love death, death robots. Yeah. Love death robots. Yeah. Yeah. If it uh, reminds the, me the, of that, it's Rogue Squadron that is fascinating. Not that they're doing it. That's, uh, it's all interesting. Hey, Jenks and doing that. And the, her teaser video was awesome. Her, like, talking about her background was her father as a, fighter pilots the interesting thing to me is december 2023 so it will be four they're they're gonna let star wars not hit theaters for four years i mean why why would they theaters. given the mixed critical reaction they've gotten i know and, and the, the the schizophrenic uh stylistic and even you know what constitutes a true fact over the last three movies uh, uh they know that they're able to nail it with tv stuff so this if i if i was a shareholder i, I would feel pretty good about that direction no i i agree i agree with you on everything you just said the i just i didn't expect them to actually commit to like we're gonna <laughs> to we're gonna let people right rebuild <laughs> we're gonna let people rebuild excitement for star wars and then hit them with a non-skywalker movie like and i'm like mm -hmm. great like Let's do that. I like that plan much better. Yeah, it sounds like it'll be Top Gun in the Star Wars universe. Uh, and then they also reconfirmed Taika Waititi uh, is still working on developing a movie in the Star Wars universe. No other details there. All right, Disney animation announcements. Uh, Raya and the Last Dragon will appear March 5th, 2021 on Disney Plus Premier Access. In other words, like Mulan, where you'll pay extra to get it, and it will also show in theaters. Baymax, based on Big Hero 6, will arrive early 2022. Zootopia Plus is a series based on Zootopia coming in spring 2022. Tiana, a uh, series based on Princess and the Frog, D Disney Plus 2023, a musical comedy Moana series coming in 2023, Encanto, a movie set in Colombia with music from Lin-Manuel Miranda is in development, Iwaju will be a series premiering on Disney Plus 2022, Ice Age Adventures of Buck Wild, starring Simon Pegg as the voice of Buck, premiering in early 2022. Out of all of that, I was really surprised at how instantly excited I was at the idea of a Zootopia Plus because uh, one, uh -huh. of, one of the best parts about that movie was how clearly well thought out and richly developed the city was. And they had uh, the gonads to just just let it all be in the background for mere seconds, entire swaths of this clearly thought out city that you only barely get a hint of. So I, I suspect there's lots of really good stories waiting in there. Give me that Baymax show because Baymax <laughs> is a walking meme. Like I'm all in for all the memes that will come out of Baymax. 
Uh, Pixar announced Spark Shorts episode Burrow will be coming December 25th on Disney Plus. Uh, Pixar Popcorn Shorts will start streaming in January. A series based on the dog from Up called Doug Days will be coming in fall 2021. Lightning McQueen and Modder, a Cars series coming to Disney Plus fall 2022. Win or Lose, a an animated series about a middle school uh, mixed gender softball team fall 2023. Luca, uh, w- will Luca move in movie in theaters June 2021? That's a movie. Uh, origin story of the actual Buzz Lightyear. Voiced by Chris Evans, coming to theaters summer 2022. And Turning Red, a movie about a pubescent girl who turns into a red panda, is in development. Uh, And yes, for everyone who has kids, uh, 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 it's Mater. Uh, (laughs) Although I do like the idea that he turns British. (laughs) No, now I'm Malta. The two things that I take from this one is... The two things I think is one is wow they're really gonna they're just gonna f- nope <laughs> they're just they're just gonna hammer sto- Toy Story into the ground like no now we're gonna it's the real Buzz Lightyear like that was Buzz Lightyear there was no art in the story of Buzz Lightyear he was a toy okay we let that go the thing that I love about this announcement Pixar's finally doing television which they have not done they've done specials right they've done a handful of specials here and there a bunch of toy story specials but they've never done a full series so i'm very interested in pixar finally getting to the series game yeah i'm excited about the buzz lightyear thing because what i want it to be maybe that's not what it'll be is buzz lightyear was based on a tv show and the tv show buzz lightyear was a guy voiced by chris evans and He's probably like not really taken with being Buzz Lightyear, but has to do it. And you can tell that kind of Toy Story story about the real world and toys. And I don't know. I think there could be some magic in there somewhere. Oh, that's interesting. So you- I I totally had had assumed it would be like an unironic the show that the toy because you know there's some detached irony with the toy because you know it's it's a toy of a property. And uh, I was thinking it would just be the property, but if it's about the making of the property, that. That sounds awesome. So you don't think it's about like an actual astronaut that they based Buzz Lightyear on? Oh, I'm I'm not ruling out that possibility. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> okay, it could be like wrong. an unironic, um, uh, uh, just straight up, uh, uh, instead of a Star Wars-esque vision, you know, through the eyes of a child, it's just straight up the, the source material, the, uh, the Star Wars-esque story yeah, yeah, that they yeah. do. Right. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, you're 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 probably right, Meryl. It's just I kind of want my idea to be. The I thing, want the so. meta take. I don't want my version. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Bunch of other stuff uh, before we close out the content. This is just the content part portion of the Disney announcements uh, regarding Hulu, FX, and others. A series based on Alien will be coming from Noah Hawley to FX on Hulu, and they're in negotiations uh, to get some other people on board. Will Smith uh, will be in a Welcome to Earth series, and Chris Hemsworth in Limitless coming to National Geographic. The Handmaid's Tale Season 5 has been ordered. Kenya Barris will remake Cheaper by the Dozen, and it will star Gabriel Union coming to Disney Plus 2022. Amy Adams is going to return to the role she made in Enchanted in a new movie called disenchanted coming to disney plus will be goldberg will return to sister act three produced by tyler perry on disney plus it's always sunny in philadelphia has been renewed for four seasons at once which will take it to 18 seasons and a new indiana jones movie will start shooting next spring starring harrison ford okay two thoughts one 
do you think that in a weird way, <laughs> buying four seasons all at once is a way to prevent uh, Always Sunny in Philadelphia from ever being cancelable? Where it's like, like just, just buy them all, write the check now, then that way, whatever drama, you know, they, they've done some really transgressive, wild humor in the past. Uh, uh, and then the other thing is, holy cow, a Noah Holly alien anything I'm all in on. The, the, yeah, so is the Will Smith thing a secret Independence Day sequel or no? <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a it's a Nat Geo thing, so it's all it's all reality based. I know, I know. Sorry. I just I really would love it to be a <laughs> I really love it to be a uh secret independence day sequel. Um uh all these sound cool. The the alien one is the one that's most interesting to me. Like, is it gonna be about the Xenomorphs or is it gonna be about the the Wayland Corporation? That's what it's called. Mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. Be, like I don't yeah. know. Like I'm I am I'm interested in all these as far as the always sunny in Philadelphia thing. I think what it really is, honestly, is them locking in because Glenn Howard, Glenn Howerton has his other show on uh, AP bio, all, you know, Rob, Rob's got um, uh, mythic quest. So like they're all, they're all kind of branching out into other things at this point. I think what they're really doing is locking in, locking in all their contracts before all of their contract prices skyrocket over the next few years. Yeah, that's pretty smart. And they've said we'll make It's Always Sunny as long as people keep watching it. So they, they want to make it. Uh, that's why they might be willing to agree to a, a four-year go as well. All right. We have a little bit more from the Disney Investor Day, as well as things that aren't from the Disney Investor Day. But first, <laughs> Brian, uh, we, we, we've we run. It's like a long-distance phone call in the 1960s. We need more money. Uh, that's right. Uh, 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 25 cents per minute. It's all we ask from our investors over at patreon.com slash cord killers. That's how you guys keep us loud, live, and independent. We love it. You get your own RSS feed, and you keep us in business. You get your, uh, you get the special after-talk segment. Somebody asked us, what's the after-talk? The after-talk is 20 extra minutes we give you, but it's super secret and not necessarily talking about... Uh, this stuff. It's other stuff. It's secret. A little more behind the scenes yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's about creating the show, what should go into the show, what's going on with our lives, etc. It's like yeah. talk that's after the show. Oh, that's <laughs> good. Hold on. Oh, let, yeah. let me get it in my, my trademark engine. Uh, Patreon.com slash cord killers. Can I get it out? Please deposit too? one more patron to continue the show. Oh, no. In How to Watch. Uh, let me Let me blow this whistle. <laughs> okay, so we uh, told you most of the 50-some new things that uh, were mostly in the Marvel, Star Wars, and Pixar universes. But among the other announcements was a price increase. It was all it was all a ruse. They just announced all that stuff so they could bury the price increase. It's really not that much of a price increase, though. Starting March 26th, Disney Plus in the U.S. will go from $6.99 a month to $7.99 a month, or $80 a year. In Europe, Disney Plus goes from €6.99 a month to eight. Euros 99, so a two euro rise in Europe. Uh, the bundle of Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus also goes up a dollar in the US to 13.99. And in January, in fact, I think it's already there, so I think it applies to January because we're in December. Uh, you can get a bundle that includes the more expensive commercial free version of Hulu. Before you could only get the commercial version of Hulu in the bundle, then you had to pay extra to upgrade. Now there will be a bundle meant for the commercial free version of Hulu that'll cost you 18.99. 
Disney announced Star, a free tier in some of the non-U.S. versions of Disney Plus that'll be made up of content from ABC, FX, Freeform, Searchlight, and 20th Century Studios. A lot of the stuff that ends up on Hulu here will end up on the Star tier internationally. Star will roll out to some European countries like Canada and New Zealand on February 23rd, uh, showing uh, European countries and, sorry, Canada, New Zealand, I didn't mean to accidentally put you in Europe, European countries, Canada and New Zealand, February 23rd. Uh, showing up on the sixth brand tile on the app's home screen. A service called Star Plus will launch for Latin American subscribers in June, offering Disney-owned brands and some ESPN content, including some linear sports. Movies from 20th Century and Searchlight are going to start going to Hulu. So these are like the movies we talked about being made for Disney+. Plus. There will be some 20th Century and Searchlight movies made for Hulu starting early next year. Uh, ESPN Plus and all of its programming will also become available for viewing within the Hulu interface. You still have to pay for ESPN Plus or have the bundle, but you won't have to go to a separate app to view it. And Disney announced that Disney Plus now has 86.8 million paid subscribers worldwide as of December 2nd. That's pretty close to the 90 million Disney had projected it would reach in 2024. So Disney has reset its goal. It now projects 230 to 260 million subscribers by the end of its fiscal 2024. And uh, worth noting that about 30% of the 86.8 million Disney Plus subscribers right now are through Disney Plus Hotstar in India. So that dollar raise, it seems like the right time and it seems like such an insignificant amount. Uh, maybe maybe it stings a little more in Europe, uh, but but that seems right. And it also makes sense when you when you hear 51 announcements before the price increase about yeah, everything right. that they're investing all that in. Um, uh, I would say buckle up just like uh, every 20 minutes we would announce a new cable price hike. Get ready for that with Disney between now and 2024 as they continue to do well. Um, I uh, I don't think they'll be overtaking Netflix's Coke anytime soon, but I think they have a solid case for for being Pepsi. You really don't think they'll overtake Netflix nope. in, by 2024? Never. Because uh, ne I think Netflix has peaked. I think Netflix has, I mean, that's proven in the fact that they have peaked in domestic subscribership, period. Like, there's nowhere else, there's no more upward momentum left to go. They can only uh, go international. And Disney has Disney money behind it where Netflix is constantly in debt. So, I mean, do they uh, in a world where they're, you know, hoping people will go back to movie theaters and, and cutting 10 to 15% of their entire staff at their theme parks. I mean, do they have Disney money? This the theme, but that, that's a different, but that's a different argument. We're talking about whether or not Disney plus will, will overtake, overtake Netflix, Netflix, Netflix and subscriber count. Yes. I, I, I would say absolutely that. Uh, uh, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, I, I, absolutely not. And, 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 and no five year stake bets coming from you. I, I'll, I'll not hear of it. <laughs> A hundred uh, uh, Net, Netflix currently has the last reported was 195.15 million right. paid subscribers worldwide, and they're still growing in a lot of markets. So all Netflix has to do is add 35 million to beat the minimum Disney projection, and they have until 2024 to do it. I, I feel like it's going to be a close race eventually in four years. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, just like I, I think that uh, it, it'll be like Zeno's arrow where it's like Pepsi has gotten very, very close and in some markets has briefly overtaken Coke. But in general, Coke, well, things it, the natural order of brands is for they who come first and establish and define the genre tend to tend to continue to own it. And others can be very, very close, but but almost never do uh, do they swoop in and overtake no matter how much money they, they have from the outside. I think the content machine of Disney Plus is setting itself up for success in a way the Netflix content machine doesn't. Netflix will always be the place where we're releasing 10 episodes at once of the of the new season or the new show or whatever, whereas Disney Plus's weekly release model allows it to get more bang for the buck out of the series. So it's not one week of Mandalorian, it's eight weeks of Mandalorian. It's not going to be one week of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, it's going to be eight weeks weeks of falcon and the winter soldier and i think that that ability to get better bang for the buck gives people the ability to look at the monthly amount they're paying and go yeah this is still worth it whereas netflix it's constantly a discussion of do i still need netflix and at this point a lot of people only have netflix out of the cultural obligation of having netflix not necessarily because they watch everything on netflix uh the the only uh, brief counter uh response i'll give is that what you described is exactly like almost word for word the reasoning why Justin robert young said netflix was insane to release all of the rusted developments at once and if they were smart they would do it week after week and it turns out netflix was in in fact very smart by releasing their stuff all at once and i suspect they'll continue to be smart to do so also if it turns out you're right merrill i imagine netflix will notice that and start releasing things week to week more do you think that they can uh, you know stop that roller coaster at this point i oh, think sure. they're, they're at a point now where they 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 only do weekly when it's like uh, the daily those like those talk shows right uh, well, other than that no, they, they do, really they haven't do done... weekly for anything they have a partnership with so all, all their korean and japanese shows come out weekly etc uh, and, and they've got if... they've got the mechanism they just need the will to decide to do it and the... if and if you're right and they're like oh crap we're getting our, our butts handed to us by disney plus because of weekly they'll switch and then they could also take a 12 episode season break it into three four episode arcs release those once a quarter mm, i mean there, there's yeah. plenty of options no we'll see all right, let's talk about what to watch in Under Surveillance. Not like you, it's all about location, location, Under Surveillance. I mean, not that like the first three quarters of the show wasn't what to watch, but here's some not Disney things to watch. <laughs> uh, a new True Blood series is in development for HBO. Alan Ball, who, who ran the original one, is attached as an executive producer, though not the showrunner. Uh, the showrunners will be Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa, who developed Riverdale, and Jamie O'Brien, who created Nosferatu for AMC. They worked together on HBO's Big Love back in 2011. Now, uh, uh, am I remembering right? Eileen Shannon and someone else had a show dedicated to True Blood. Is that right? Bite Club Show at yeah. BiteClubShow.com. Uh, yes. and, and, uh, have you have you heard any rumors from from those taste oh, those, makers? Those three were on the horn as soon as this news broke. For sure. Let me tell you. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Uh, Olivia Cook, Matt Smith, the former Doctor Who, uh, and Emma Darcy have been cast in HBO's Game of Thrones prequel House of the Dragon. The series is based on the book set 300 years before the events in Game of Thrones. That's uh, okay. I hope it's good. Right? I feel like at this point, like Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones news at this point, after, especially after the cavalcade of the Disney news is like, Oh, we're still doing that. Uh, I, right. I'm not gonna lie. Like the moment I hear, I heard uh, set 300 years before. Part of me just goes, ah, since it's starting to sound like work. All of this sounds like work. 
How about this one? A trailer for season three of Cobra Kai is out, coming to Netflix January 8th. Is it set 25 yeah. years after the events of, of Set Karate immediately Kid? after the events no. of last season. Does that make you feel good? Yes. I don't know why you guys do this to me, trying to get me to break embargo and tell you whether or not the new season of Cobra Kai is any good or not. I just, you know, why, Who knows? why you gotta bring Man, me up? Like, I'm I, not saying I don't know that my wife gotta, also got early access, this, you know? but, you know, like, these are just things that hey man, happen. Uh, I I can't count how many people have two thumbs and love to talk about things, even though they've not seen any of them. True. <laughs> totally true. Uh, trailer is out for the Silence of the Lambs series, Clarice, coming to CBS. CBS All Access, because it's on CBS, but also really, like, just CBS. You have an over-the-air antenna. You'll get to watch Clarice starting February 11th. I, uh, I mean, you, they're, they're going to, I mean, look, you can't have Star Wars without Darth Vader, right? So I wonder if any characters are going to show up. Hmm, good no. question. As, as far as, no, it's because the rights are, the all those rights are held by two different. The reason there's no Clarice in Hannibal is because the rights to Clarice are held by a different company. Whereas the Hannibal rights are held by a different eye holder. So gosh, this is a no. whole Spider-Man <laughs> X-Men thing all over again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the official trailer for season two of Servant is out, arriving on Apple TV Plus January 15th. And Apple's For All Mankind has been approved for a third season in advance of the second season premiering February 19th. Did uh, did you do the whole first season, Tom, of, of For I All did. Mankind? I did, For All Mankind. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I liked it. Um, yeah, I... I, 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 it, uh, I, I I, this is encouraging. I, you know me. I'm scared to start things if I don't suspect they'll finish. So I'm hoping. Looks like you're going to get three seasons anyway. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's talk about what we've had our eyes on. Meryl, what have you been watching? Okay. So I'm in the middle of a rewatch right now of a show that I guarantee the majority of you have never seen because it's one of those classic. It ran for five seasons, but got lost in the shuffle of peak TV. It's called Southland. It is about It is exactly what you think it is. It's a cop show about cops that police the Southland area of Los Angeles. And uh, mm. But it's done in this. That's not what I thought, done, actually. <laughs> really? It's done. Yeah, I in thought this it was going to be like set in Alabama or something. <laughs> no, it's done in this Michael Mann style, like like where it's a really get into the grittiness of what it is to be a beat cop in Lost LAPD, and it's and it's done with a lot of care and a lot of um uh, uh emotion that you don't get from cop shows. It really is close. I put it closer to like The Shield than I would okay. put it to Law and Order. Um, and it's I cannot recommend it enough for anyone that's never seen. It's currently on HBO Max. That's awesome. I was I was uh, first thing I thought was like, is it like The Shield? And it sounds like it is. Yeah, very uh, cool. I'd, I'd heard of it, but I knew nothing about it. So thanks for that recommendation. That's cool. Uh, Tom started watching Kim's Convenience. Okay, so see you. good, so <laughs> good. And 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 uh, I, if I'd known, I would have started a sneak attack. Uh, it's it's so so good. Oh, that's right, with the photography. Um, the uh, 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 I'm I'm honestly confused because uh, uh, you know, having seen uh, uh, the dad character uh, as a space cop, Papa in, as in yeah 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 in, yeah, and in and, and you see him speaking you know uh, perfectly fine unaccented American Canadian English, uh, which uh, kind of makes me confused and excited by because part of the show's charm is all of the heavily accented korean uh uh english and then uh but and also like um like the character is straight up 
genuinely racist against the Japanese, but it somehow reads as cute and it feels kind of like naughty. And uh, I don't know. I, I just, I'm loving every second of it. Every character at various times I, I really identify with. Uh, it's no. adorable. I, I'm having it's the a, best it's time. It's a great show. I'm so, so excited that, that you're jumping in on it. And uh, you get to see Shang-Chi, Simu Liu. He plays the oldest son. Oh, yeah, of course, of course. And, uh, uh, and I, I guess uh, the first, I, I, I don't know, I know there are six seasons in Canada on the CBC, but there are four seasons on Netflix, but highly recommended. Indeed. Uh, I have been watching uh, one of these Chinese uh, wuxia, which is the, the fighting, you know, lots of martial arts stuff on Vicky uh, called The Wolf. And uh, great fight scenes. Uh, that, that's always what I'm looking for in, in a good wuxia is, you know, some strong characters with some great fight scenes. Uh, these things have some, always have some shallow stories. So if that, if you're allergic to that, you're not, you're never going to love these. But uh, this is a good one. If you're, if you're looking for good modern martial arts uh, stuff, check out The Wolf. Uh, it's got uh, uh, Chin Li who was in a few of these others that I've watched, like Princess Agents, uh, Song of Glory, uh, and she's fantastic. Uh, although uh, they don't give her enough fight scenes, and she's really good at the fight scenes and the other things I've seen her in. But uh, anyway, if, if that sounds like your cup of tea, uh, go check it out, The Wolf on Vicky. Bryce, what should we be on the lookout for? Hey, I got a recommendation for you guys. I just watched the first episode of a new-ish uh, Netflix original called Alice in Borderland. This is a kind of surreal mystery action show based off of a Japanese manga. It follows um, Arisu, who is an unemployed young adult who uh, leaves home one day and he meets up with his, his kind of loser friends in Shibuya, you know, this big bustling metro area and they walk out and everybody's gone and there are no people and the power is all out uh and they end up in the the game whatever the game is <laughs> i don't know and uh arisu who likes playing video games uses his expert game skill man hacker man abilities to uh probably save all of his friends in these kind of reality bending challenges uh, and uh, they'll probably save the day is going to be my guess, or they'll escape or something. I mean, right. It's, you can't really mess this up. Uh, I thought it was really cool. They, the effects and, and, and set design are really interesting. Uh, I watched the first episode with the English dub cause Netflix just like defaults me to that now. And I thought mm. it was, I thought it was pretty good. I, I, I think, uh, I think that's a fine way to watch a show like this. Mm. Um, and it seems to have a lot of, a lot of bombast. So, uh, that is a show on Netflix Alice in Borderland. There are eight episodes streaming now on Netflix. Uh, if you've got something we should be on the lookout for, email us, cordkillers at gmail.com. Thank you. Well, folks, uh, if you've got something you should be on the lookout for, where should you go, Bryce? Should email if us, cordkillers. they've got something they, they want us to be on the lookout for, I said that so badly. I apologize. <laughs> and I also, did, did I... <laughs> Am I striking, joking out to the, uh, Email us, cordkillers at gmail.com. Where should they go again? <laughs> they should go to doghousesystems.com slash rogue and get a new computer. Thank you very much to our friends at Doghouse Systems. They have top-notch, best-in-breed of, 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 of customer service. You're going to love them. I smell toast. Also, <laughs> uh, go check my writer's Patreon. Patreon.com slash Ace Detect because uh, I'm writing things and you get them free if you support me there on Patreon. Let's Where should move they... on to the front lines. Where should they go? <laughs> <laughs> Why is it not playing? Front lines. Front lines. Front lines. <laughs>
<laughs> AT&T CEO John Stanky told a conference that HBO Max subscriptions rose from 8.6 million at the end of Q3 to 12.6 million as of early December. At the same conference, NBC Universal CEO Jeff Shell said Peacock has passed 26 million signups as of Monday, up 4 million since October. Disney Plus and Netflix both said those are cute numbers. I, I mean, that's the thing, right? It's like it really puts in perspective what a juggernaut uh, Disney Plus really is. Well, I mean, HBO Max did j launch later than these other two, and Peacock only launched earlier this year. So Disney Plus has been around longer, but proportionally still like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they've got they've got room to grow. That's what that but means. But also Disney Plus has the one thing that these don't, which is a guaranteed family ticket. Whereas, you know, are you gonna set the are you gonna get HBO Max for the kids? Not maybe for what Sesame Street, I yep. think, is on there. Yep. Are you gonna get are you gonna get Peacock for the kids? Not a chance. Probably There's nothing not. on there for the kids. But are you gonna get Disney Plus for the kids? Guaranteed. I thought there was some kid stuff on Peacock. Not, there I is, don't but think not like but point. not in a branding sense. There's nothing on Peacock that makes you go, I gotta get this for the kids. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Uh, Sesame, and Sesame Street's a big brand, but then there's there? there's other things on there, but same same sort of thing. Sesame Street but is it's the like only basically big brand, Disney but... Plus. Everything on Disney Plus, you're guaranteed to be able to turn on safely the for whole... the kids. And yeah, yeah, right. AT and T will sell animation streaming service Crunchyroll to Sony's Funimation. Crunchyroll has three million paid subscribers and ninety million registered users across two hundred countries. Funimation has a catalog of over seven hundred anime series and thirteen thousand plus hours of content available on fifteen platforms in forty nine countries. This makes sense because it's we're reaching a point where AT and T is consolidating their brands. Everything is moving around HBO Max. It's not to say HBO isn't HBO Max isn't going to do animation or anime, but they, they don't do. need Crunchyroll to do it. It's a useless brand to them now. If everything's being consolidated, best to just sell it off and make whatever money you can off it to pay off the debt. They may have Funimation and Crunchyroll together. That's a powerhouse. Mm -hmm. AMC Entertainment, which operates AMC Theaters, announced it will need $750 million to remain viable through 2021, and that's if theater attendance picks back up. AMC estimates it needs 20% of pre-COVID attendance in the first half of the year and 85% overall in the second half. There's also some rumors kicking around that Cinemark and AMC are making a deal uh, because Cinemark is in a little bit better shape, uh, and that's kind of sending the stock prices down. So it's 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 all uncertainty and bad news Uh for AMC right now. Yeah, and I, I suppose, I mean, what happens if AMC, AMC really just goes straight up belly up? I mean, I mean, somebody buys them. Yeah, do they keep the name even, or or they maybe? They, yeah, yeah. Mm. The property, yeah. the land, the land that those theaters sit on is too valuable to give to let to lose. Well, so, and, and also too designed only to show movies. You know, uh, right. maybe, maybe there's something wild out there, but I mean, people are going to want to see movies when they go outside again. Uh, Nielsen's top ten streaming show is still The Queen's Gambit. The Office Ooh. on Netflix is number two, followed by The Mandalorian. The Crown debuted at number four. Side note, The Office starts streaming exclusively on Peacock in January. The first two seasons will be uh, on the free tier with all of the seasons on the paid tier. Yeah. Uh, this is the, the Nielsen numbers, remember, cover Prime Video, Hulu, Disney Plus, and Netflix. So just those four, but nine out of the top ten are on Netflix. Uh, and so now maybe Peacock can get on there. Who knows? Uh, they, they'll have to get Nielsen to include them in the ratings, though. 
Uh, Nielsen is going to begin phasing out its three-day and seven-day ratings. Those are the ones meant to account for traditional and DVR viewing. That sounds quaint. Uh, they're going to adapt to a rating that covers all platforms, including laptops and mobile. They have separate ratings for laptops and mobile. They're just going to bring it all together in one product. And the goal will be to provide numbers to clients for each advertisement they run, not just by show, by 2024. Uh, Nielsen will continue to draw data from panels uh, with additional data from platforms like Roku, Amazon, Hulu, Vizio, and Google. Uh, yeah, um, uh, it's, it's very weird to do an, an emotional gut check on how I feel about this because <laughs> on the one hand, I also know, uh, I know this is the lifeblood that keeps stuff alive is ultimately anything that's ad supported that people want to know that it's getting seen, but also it's hard to find myself cheering yay ads, yay precise <laughs> programming of the populace. Yeah, and I, I think it's interesting for people to know that, that Nielsen is not a dead company. Uh, that they they are adapting and continuing to to serve advertisers, which is as long as there's advertisers, Nielsen will have a business. Well, and even it when there's always... not advertisers, as they you know report on Netflix stuff, uh, Amazon's yeah. Fire TV has redone its interface and added user profiles. A new homepage has a main menu navigation bar in the center that shows menu options in your most frequently used apps with show recommendations below it. It's rolling out a third get Fire Stick and uh, sorry third generation Fire Stick and Fire Stick Lite over the coming weeks and other fire tv devices early next year so will this rebrand be also include revamping the apps on like roku and stuff or is it just going to be for the fire stick for right now just for the fire stick for now but next year they start rolling it out to the other devices okay let's get the dispatches from the front Hank Kim wrote in and said, hey, guys, two big problems for how Warner did their day and date decision that really upsets the talent. Warner was considering the place to go that was the best for creative and artistic freedom. Now, not so much. Second, Legend and others do not have do have a leg to stand on in the area of profit sharing. If they do lose, they may not enter into equity share agreements. For example, Legendary put up three quarters of the finance for some movies produced by Warner with the expectation of different things. Uh, yeah, uh, man, we saw a lot of people not not thrilled with that day and date decision. And um, uh, uh, that's exactly right. Uh, Michael from Texas called me a broken clock. Uh, and then he said it again. He said, it's funny that broken clock also mentioned people upgrading their TVs this week. Uh, uh, every so often a broken clock is right, including me. He says, uh, I've always watched a lot of TV, YouTube, over the air broadcasts and various other things. More recently, CBS All Access, Disney Plus discounted uh, for paying a year in advance, Apple TV free with the iMac he bought uh, also has had the same 720p plasma since he moved into the house 10 years ago until a few weeks ago he thought oh, there was all this 4k content with what seems like all this extra tv i've been watching it's time to upgrade so he looked at an lg uh, 65 inch 4k with web os every single week he's been checking to see when hbo max will show up on it no luck yet uh spoiler alert this broken clock predicts that between now and Christmas, a Christmas miracle will happen because uh, they want a lot of people to watch Wonder Woman. This broken clock predicts it's 636. Oh, no, it's not. Well, <laughs> but, uh, somebody listening to this somewhere will look at their watch and go, oh my God, he's right. Oh, that's pretty good. 
It's actually six days. Uh, Michael wrote in and said, hello, my name is Michael. I just wanted to say I'm a longtime listener, watcher of Cord Killers. Thank you, Mike. Uh, I'm absolutely excited for Discovery Plus and we'll be signing up day one for it. Having almost all the networks and shows my family loves to watch in one place is worth getting. Plus, I'm excited to watch the new Magnolia Network. The $6.99 price for ad-free is an absolute no-brainer for myself and my family. Fascinating. I really didn't think there was any marketplace for for. Oh Discovery no no no! I'm t- I'm t- I would tell you, like that was one of our stories a while ago. It was like programming that was distinctly made to be kind of half watched in the background, and I think that that, that Discovery's going to yeah, be but, perfect for that. But well, the thing that the thing about the Discovery Plus announcement that was like this feels like a mistake is not. It's like the it's like the the Quibi thing not having a free tier. Like if they had a free tier where they said select episodes of MythBusters always available, I'd be like, yeah, I get that. But to not have a free tier, I was like, are people gonna really pay, you know, seven dollars a month is. for this? And I guess so. Yeah, Just I mean, it's never a question of will anyone pay to me. It was more how many, how many did will they have enough to to keep this going? This is not the we're gonna beat Netflix product. This is the we know we can capture a market, and is that market big enough? That's and, the question. And also the biggest difference between this and the Quibi thing is uh, Discovery doesn't have to explain to people what a Discovery channel <laughs> That's is. That's a big part of it, yeah. <laughs> Discovery is putting full-sized episodes up. That's a, yeah, yeah. a big, big advantage. Uh, Meryl Barr, a pleasure as always. Where can folks find more of what you do? Uh, just go to twitter.com slash Meryl Barr, M-E-R-R-I-L-L-B-A-R-R is where you'll see all the basics of what, to, uh, what, I'm, what I'm up to and all that stuff, yeah. Excellent. Our website is cordkillers.com. Our email address is cordkillers at gmail.com. We're live on twitch.tv slash night attack. Also carried on diamondclub.tv Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. Talk to you next time. Hey, Tom Merritt. Yes, Brian Brushwood. Know who I love even more than my own children? Your other children? No, not my wife. I know what you're saying. I love our $5 patrons. These are the people that keep us live and independent. Thank you so much, $5 patrons. You know what? I love them more than not life itself, because then I'd be dead and I couldn't appreciate them, but really, really, really close. And I'm so thankful that they are here to make this show happen. Thank you so much to all of our $5 a month patrons. You guys are wizards. You're champions. You're heroes. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. (laughs)